0: Interaction Canada Sportsbook.
1: Welcome to game over Montreal in the spirit of last season it's another Montreal Canadiens loss the Seattle Kraken get back at the Canadians for the Canadians ridiculous win over the Kraken a little over I was it over a month ago was it under a month ago It's a, it's been a while since the Canadians have had you know a win that's memorable I know they won against St. Louis last game but it seems like the win before that was uh, many moons ago Uh, I know in that game, the Canadians were absolutely dominated, similar to this one by the shot count. But uh, in this one, I will say, you know, score effects are a thing. But uh, after the first period, I think the game was a little bit better than what the stats show on, like, the totals. Just because the first period was so lopsided in favor of Seattle that, uh, you know, the Canadians, they woke up. But it wasn't enough, obviously. Uh, The shutout, 4 to nothing by the Kraken. Shut up by Martin Jones, which, you know, that never feels good. But there's some stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, I think there was, uh, we've got to talk about Sam Montembeau, who I think was pretty strong. Uh, that brutal start, of course. And Slavkovsky having a, a good showing after uh, quite the quote when he was asked about the World Juniors the other day. And obviously, the top line's still strong. And uh, Jake Evans went Hulk tonight out of nowhere. So he's mad about the losing. We'll see if the rest of the roster is mad. Uh, we're going to talk to Jared Book from Habs Eyes and the Prize in a moment as well. I love talking to Jared. We always go in directions that I wasn't expecting because we both like to chit-chat about whatever and, and go off on tangents, so it should be a fun show tonight. And uh, before we get into it, though, I think you know which which way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And hey, if you're here enjoying this content on sdpn, we just launched... The Objective, a basketball podcast, which is going to be incredible. Head to uh, S's Twitter and make sure that you watch the trailer for the the podcast, because it is a wild one, and I greatly enjoyed it. His uh, interpretation of how basketball is like jazz. So uh, obviously that one is going to be a continuing story for this network as we branch out beyond just hockey but uh, lots to talk about there. But let's get into the game. I'm going to welcome in my guest, Jared Book. Jared, how are you, even though you had to watch that
0: game? You can't complain. You can't complain. I mean, look, you know, I've got to think about the Expos for a little bit, you know. So, you know three hours to think about the Expos on a, on a Monday night. You know, it could be worse, I suppose. But, I mean, I think that they really messed up the jerseys. Like, on the collar, they have a year where it reminisces you know what year they're they're honoring, and it says 1979. I think they meant 1969 when the Expos were 52 and 110, and lost 110 games. Um That's that's my that's my thinking. Um, The expansion Expos. That's that's what they're honoring when they wear these jerseys.
1: Yeah, I believe they've now w- lost. What is, they're like one and eight
0: or they're they're 0 and four in these ones. Yes, but they won and, one and in the, yeah, I the think, other
1: blue jerseys.
0: Yeah, so I think they're probably one and um one in 11 though oh geez in in blue jerseys yeah Yeah,
1: it's not great i know everybody's freaking out about the jerseys and i find it super funny yeah like i i think like i've seen some cantankerous people being like well you know it's not the jerseys it's just the canadians are terrible and it's like nobody actually (laughs) thinks it's the jerseys it's just funny to point out how terrible they happen to be in these jerseys it's like yes they're bad they are extra bad in these jerseys. It's like every game, they just get shelled. and They can't generate offense. And I remember the same thing with the blue one, they, the, the darker blue one. They could not generate offense wearing that blue jersey. It's like their spirit leaves their body and rejects wearing blue because this is a red, white, and blue team. Yeah. Uh, not enough red on this jersey. I No, don't, no, I don't that's, the, that's,
0: the, that's the biggest problem. That's the biggest problem with jersey. the jersey. The Expos had red. If you look at the, the the baby blue jerseys the Expos had, that was red. Like, if you make the white piping red on this jersey, it's like a thousand times better, makes more sense, and it probably looks better too because there's not as much just two colors. Um, but anyway, also it's Metal's fault. You can't honor the Expos and kill Yuppie off. You just can't do it. It makes no sense. And so, yeah, it's it's not the jerseys, it's Metal. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I feel like... That's kind of what I like about metal is that he's so <laughs> stupid and not funny. And it makes no sense that I kind of like him because of that. Yeah. And the fact that he looks like Michael Pozzetta but <laughs> like we, we talked about it before the show, yeah. the fact that the Canadians are bringing this reverse retro Jersey back to honor the Montreal Expos, they have the Montreal Expos mascot. And they're like, what if we created a new mascot Only for the reverse retro games that honor the Expos. And don't talk about Yuppie anytime we're honoring the Expos. It's like, what brain genius in the room was like, hold on, this is what we got to do. It's a weird one. I know we're getting sidetracked talking about mascots, but but still.
0: If it wasn't about the Expos, it would be a great concept. But because you specifically say we're honoring the Expos, and then you basically kill off the old Expos mascot for these games... Uh yeah. It's, anyway. weird one. it's 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 weird. But, you know what you know. sold
1: me on how dumb metal is? When they're talking about how he was like the ultimate like metal rocker and there's like and he heard the sound of sticks, and I was like, Sticks? Like the band that Adam Sandler loves? That metal? That's like soft rock, man. Who like who decided these things? It's it's so bad that it's good. That's
0: yeah, that's right. like I, I would have I would have no problem with metal if the Expos weren't involved in this um i I think it's a hilarious concept like I'm not one of those people like, oh, history and why do they have a mascot um i I love fun. I just don't think it makes sense and and uh, anyway, nothing makes sense with this team right now, so well, that's that. true
1: and like we 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 talked <laughs> about it before the show a little bit that like. People are on Marty St. Louis right now because, you know, who is not getting the most ice time or the team's bad? And how come this guy's playing in this position? And I think you hit the nail on the head, Jared. And you said there, there is no right combination right now. There's the top line, which is legitimately very good. And there's, you know, Evans, Dadanov, and Armia seem to be hitting something like crazy right now. They're three games in a row. I think they were the best line on the team. But other than that, you can mix it and match it however you want, but while Monahan is out, there, there's nobody carrying the bag is great like I want to be clear. Slavkovsky, I thought was great tonight, but that line, as it's constructed, doesn't work. It doesn't function like a line in the NHL should.
0: no, and, and that's a problem with a lot of things. like when like even when Josh Anderson is on the top line. It just, it, it doesn't work. It, the combination doesn't work. And it's kind of like the Canadians right now are, are a puzzle and, and the top line and like Evans and Armia are like the four corners. you are like, oh yeah, this is this is where it goes. And then the rest of it is just thrown on like a five-year-old did it. And it's like, yeah, it looks okay. Um, that's what the Canadians are right now. Like there, there's no right answer. Um, and and it's not Martin St. Louis' fault, it's not Kent Hughes' fault. It's a, this is this is a rebuild. It's yep. a team in tra- it's an organization in transition. Uh the athletic had an article today about how uh the AHL system is nothing like the NHL system. Well, yeah, because the AHL coach was hired with a different NHL coach, and you can't really get a guy to just be like, Yeah, do this. It it, it doesn't work that way, it's an organization in transition. And this is what it's going to happen. You're going to have guys who just don't fit in, and there are players who are playing below their potential. Like Yoel Armia was doing that all year. Now he's finally back to you know his his beast mode that he gets into for like two months a year, um, and then you know usually in the playoffs. And then um, hey, it earned him a lot of money, I guess. But but they're, they're better than this. But they just don't fit in together. It it just it, it's no one's fault, not even the veterans. Like I'm not even gonna blame the veterans. Like people saying, oh, they, they have no effort, like that's such an overused trope. Like it, yeah. it's not effort. It's it's just this team doesn't fit right now. It's a bad team. And they look good for a bit. A lot of that was because Sean Monaghan was a guy who can fit in anywhere, and it was a great help to this team. A lot of that was Caden um, who uh, who saved uh, a lot a lot of uh, veterans' uh, decisions out there, uh, and a lot of that was great goaltending. And Sam Altobol was really good tonight, but he's not being great. And when you allow, you know, not all four goals were his fault. Very obviously. But when you allow four goals, you're not gonna win very many games. Like yeah. it's just a reality, and, and that's that's where we are right now. It's just it's a bad team. We knew it was gonna be a bad team going into the season. Um, there's maybe some reason for optimism, and there has been reason for optimism. But I think as long as Suzuki looks good, as long as Caulfield looks good, Doc and Slavkovsky, as long as they look good, I really don't care about the rest. I really don't because those are the four guys you need to show improvement. The young defenders are important too yes um they haven't been too bad but like there's gonna be ups and downs like i'm not worried about them either but those are the four guys that i want to see improvement from and as long as they are still showing up and playing well uh on a game-to-game basis since slavkovsky had a really good game today even though he didn't score i think that's positive and and you know i'm not going to be saying you know sit here and you know, lose every game for for draft lottery odds. The you know even the first place team gets eighteen point five percent. It's not very much, I, they, and they're not going to finish last anyway. The the gap is too big, so I'm not worried about if they win some games. But that's that's where I am right now. It's, it's a bad team. They're going to pick in the bo- and probably in the bottom five for sure, bottom seven. Um, and it's a good draft to do that in, and they'll have another Florida pick as well. So, um, it's a rebuild. This is what you signed up for. When you say Mark Bergevin didn't rebuild this team and it was a disaster, this is a rebuild. It's going to be okay. There's a lot of good prospects. We saw the World Juniors. It's going to be okay, but for now, this is what it is.
1: Yeah, and listen, I completely understand when people are putting aside their time to watch two and a half (laughs) to three hours of this team every second night, you know, 82 times. And a good chunk of the season is like tonight, where it was like uninspiring, you know, hockey, where you really just, uh, you have nothing to talk about at the water cooler the next day at work. Mm -hmm. They didn't even score a goal, which is super frustrating. Although, like, I feel like they did enough to score a goal. It's just things didn't break right for them tonight. Especially, I thought at the end of the game there, Caulfields and Suzuki had like four or five really good chances and the puck just would not go to the right spots for them stuff like that happens but in a rebuild like i think the expectations that were set in the first month or so of the season where things continued to break right for this team got people excited to the point where like yeah they're gonna lose a lot but like you know every game is gonna be three two or four three or five (laughs) four and like the fact is in a rebuild over an 82 game season multiple of them because they're not going to be amazing next year either in my opinion uh they're going to have stretches like this where you allow four goals or more eight straight (laughs) games. And, you know, there'll be positives to pick out there like Caulfield, Mm -hmm. like Slavkovsky tonight. Uh, Like the fact that they only allowed four to the Kraken. One was an empty netter where the Kraken put up eight on Ottawa. They put up five on Toronto. Like they've just been scoring at will these days. So like, I guess you could say defensively, it's pretty good effort from the Montreal Canadiens tonight, or at least Sam Montembeau. Uh Overall, at even strength, yes, a lot of it is score effects, but the Canadiens actually held the edge in high-danger chances, in expected goals, uh, pretty much even in scoring chances, even in shot attempts. Uh, it's just that the Kraken are much better at getting their shots through. They're much better at defending than the Canadiens were. So, like, th- there's positives to pick out, but there are going to be stretches... Where there's just not a lot to hold interest, and you know, for people like us, Jared, where we're <laughs> we're we're in the business of hoping people are engaged, it kind of sucks. But I totally understand anyone who's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not watching for a bit.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Look, look, I don't blame anybody who turned that game off in the first period. That no. was an unacceptable performance. Like, like, I understand Marte and Louis not wanting to get angry and and not wanting to, you know rile up guys and, and things like that and because you know you're not you don't want to coach results but process in that first period was awful. Oh yeah and terrible. and I, you you could you could excuse like I I can excuse anyway I'm not gonna speak for everybody. I, I can excuse mistakes, turnovers, uh giveaways, bad coverages, you know, that allow goals, penalties, whatever. But what's not acceptable is a perceived complete lack of Effort and enthusiasm, and that's mm-hmm. what they had in the first period. Like they had one shot for most of the period. Like they look like Finland playing USA in the women's gender 18 earlier today. Like, just like completely like I'm not saying Finland was uh, was was uh unwilling to, to play, but the Canadians are just not ready for this game, and that happens a lot, whether it's yeah. start of games or especially the start of games, it seems like you know, I remember talking, I think it was probably with you earlier in the year, where I'm like, you know, at least this team is not giving up two goals by the five-minute mark this season. And, well, it's happening again. Um, and, you know, it's – I don't want to say – I I don't want to, like, revisit the Dom Ducharme era, but, like – maybe it wasn't all his fault um, in in terms of, because it, we're seeing the same kind of things. Um, obviously this roster is a lot worse. So yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's, that's one thing that's like important. That, that, context, that's that, right? that, that, that's, it's an important thing. And the goaltending is about the, is about the same as it was um, under him. And that, that was the difference between the first part of the season. And now is that when Jake Allen and Sam multiple are allowing two goals a game, you have a lot better chance of winning games yeah. than when they're allowing four and eight straight. Um, and again it's not all on them it's a team concept but um, I, I think that there's certain goals that have gone in over the last eight games that they want back Oh, uh, and, at the, beginning, and at the beginning of the season they that wasn't happening right so um, goaltending is going to make a young team feel a lot more confident um, and, and it can also uh, take away their confidence when you allow goals uh, especially like early on in games when you need to save like it's not necessarily the goalie's fault, but the goalie's there to make saves. And eventually you'd like to see a save. And and again, I don't want to blame Sam Montable. He was really good tonight, especially after first period. Uh, I really don't want to blame him in this, but that that's a concept that that's that's the difference between the team now and team back. And also you have no Monaghan, you have no Gallagher, you have no goalie, you have no Matheson, although Matheson was was kind of out anyway. But you know, there's a lot of guys missing from this team that make a difference. Uh, and even when Gallagher came back he obviously was not healthy Um, so I don't want to count those games where he came back because you know the Gallagher has two two modes you know it's it's healthy or perpetually injured um, even when he's playing and and that's you can tell you know he takes a little bit more longer to go to the bench he's laboring and it's like okay this is how Gallagher is now like there goes that healthiness that he felt so good about in preseason and stuff and it's unfortunate and but it's clear he was not healthy, and um, it, it hurts this team because this team doesn't have the leeway to call up guys from the AHL right now. They have too many veterans on committed contracts, yep. so you can't really have a shakeup until you trade guys. And trading guys is not very easy because of the salary cap and because you know a lot of the guys have multiple years on their contracts or at least two years on their contracts. Uh, and the guys who have one year on their contracts, like who's going to trade for Evgeny Dadanov right now? Who's going to trade for Jonathan Drouin right hey, now? Hey,
1: if Gennady Dadnov's had like four or five good games in a row.
0: He has. It's yeah, a good it's time for him. where it's
1: due. He's, uh, he's turning yeah. the corner maybe a little bit.
0: Hey, he wants to maybe... I don't know what his no-trade list looks like, but uh, at least he doesn't want to go to Atlanta. I mean, we know that. But <laughs> uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> No kidding. I mean, I would assume that now that Armia is going a little bit, that you know, like it's easier on Dadenov. I feel like the thing with him is just like his, his foot speed has not been there this year. Like he's a guy that I think the skills are there, but if you're going to criticize effort, there's like definitely moments in the game where he frustrates me, even though I know that overall his impact has been generally pretty good, even though the numbers aren't there for like offensive production, like generally on the ice, when Dadenov's out there, he's doing good things, but it's stuff like when he's first in on the puck, and he pulls up in order to not get hit, right? Or there's a puck near his feet or near his stick in and around the boards, and he just elects to not battle for it or like let it go by him and hope that somebody else will get there first and the other team gets there first. It's like like little stuff like that that I think drives Canadians fans absolutely wild about him, but I'm guessing that he wants out of here. <laughs> he doesn't want to play the, rest, <laughs> of the cur- less, rest of the season in this environment. He wants a chance to like play on a team that will do something. So I'm guessing that he'll pick it up a little bit towards the trade deadline. You know, maybe Armia is in the same situation. I think we've already seen Hoffman kind of get into a good spot for a while. Obviously he seems to be in the doghouse now, which I don't quite understand, but it might be as simple as they're trying to find combinations that work, and he's the odd man out because it's not yeah. like he's a great player. He's just a, a decent contributor. But I don't know. It, it's a tough situation for the Canadians because I think that there's guys this year who they can trade, guys like Joel Edmondson, who I know has another year on his deal, but I think they could make that deal happen pretty easily, like Sean Monahan. Edmondson obviously isn't showing <laughs> – why they should uh, get a lot of value for him, but you know what? Neither did Chara last year, and they did anyway. Uh, but sh- not seeing Sean Monahan in the lineup and having like that salivating that Canadians were having of like, oh, we're gonna get another first round pick for this guy, that's kind of frustrating. We've got two more weeks to go until we maybe see him back in the jersey, so another two weeks of maybe tough games, but there's still things I think to cling on to. Uh, about this game, and I think one of them has been the play of Jake Evans lately. You know, we talked about Dadanov and Armia getting things going, neither of those guys would be going as well as they are right now without Jake Evans. He has been night and day from the Jake (laughs) Evans that we saw at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, you know, there was, I think it was his second year in Laval where he went about 30 games in the season without scoring a goal, or maybe 20 games. And uh, he he wasn't playing badly at first. He was getting chances. They just weren't going in. And then uh, as a player who doesn't, doesn't have a goal this season, you start doing things, <clears throat> having bad habits to try and get that goal because you're like, what do I have to do differently to get this goal? And he was going to be a healthy scratch in Laval. Joel Bouchard told him he did extra skating. And in those you know, 30, 40 minutes that he was on the ice, Charles Hudon gets called up. And it's like, oh, Jake Evans, you got to play today. Gets an empty net goal in that game. And he he his trajectory just went up from there. And I think that you can pinpoint his improvement this year, or at least the the upward trajectory this season, to when he got that first goal. And he's a player who's not relied on to produce offense in this team, but he's still a guy who can produce offense. Yeah. And and I think that when you don't have a goal, and even Yo Armia, same thing. When you don't have a goal <clears throat> and your job is to be a forward, like it weighs on you. Like it, For it just sure does. It does. I mean, look um, at the way Army and,
1: reacted when he scored, right? right? Like, right,
0: absolutely. And that was yeah. like a, a, a nothing goal at that point. It was like four or five nothing at that point, right? Or like it was, or three nothing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it means a lot to these guys. And I think Evans, we talked, I talked about Brendan Gallagher before. Evans is kind of becoming Brendan Gallagher in that he's the guy who's leading the canadians into the fight and sometimes literally like you saw he's off tonight he 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 literally just pushed guys around and said i'm not i'm tired of this yeah i was shocked
1: at how strong he is like tonight i i have not seen evan like he's gotten in physical altercations of course Mm -hmm. but i haven't seen him manhandle guys like he did tonight like What he did to Daniel Sprong, and I I know that Sprong was maybe a little bit off balance, but the way he just threw him into the boards after the play, I didn't, Jake Evans had that in him and he Mm -hmm. hit another guy like a couple shifts later, just absolutely destroyed him. Uh, I don't remember who it was in the Kraken, but just laid him out and clean, you know, it it was perfect. And I feel like that kind of stuff from Evans is also like, Pushing the tempo a little bit for the rest of the team and like being like, listen, I give a shit. You've got to give a shit now too. And you know the fight at the end of the game. Also, I guess it was midway through the second period, but or third period. Sorry, uh, that probably helped guys get a little bit more engaged as well. I want to know what Chris Weidman said to get tossed from the <laughs> game
0: because that he, he whole he got, it was, a, it, was a, it was a ten minute it was a ten minute misconduct. So. I mean, it, there was only ten technically minutes technically tossed. Right? Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, they I gave mean, him
1: what they needed to give him to keep out of the rest of the game, right? But I, yeah. like that whole situation, it, it was like a little bit over midway through the third period. Neal Armia is going in for a check on Vince Dunn, and I still, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that they called that a penalty. Because it, it's like the <laughs> last second Dunn turns his back, which is like the one thing that they tell you never to do. And I remember Brandon Prust used to do it all the time. And refs wouldn't call <laughs> hits from behind on him, like at all. They'd even call him for dives if he got hit from behind. So I was I was surprised that they called that on ar- an Armia. And I feel like there was frustration boiling over from the way that the game was called for Evans. And then on top of that, the Kraken were starting to get like a little bit feisty. And he was like, you know what? We're dropping gloves. <laughs> and I- I'm wondering if Weidman had like a-, a pointed comment about the officiating. Because again, it's not why they lost, they lost the game. Yeah but uh, considering Alexiak boarded uh, Kovacevic earlier in the game far more dangerously than what uh, Armia did in terms of intent uh, than what uh, Armia did to Vince Dunn, and there was no call. Like There was some major inconsistencies there, and I, I feel like that combined with the score got the Canadians a little bit testy at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Weidman is one of those veterans... Who you can tell cares about the people around him. He just does. Like he doesn't play every game. Um, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's he's not the best player um on this defense. Like he's in and out of the lineup. Um, if they were probably all healthy, he wouldn't be in the lineup, um, in all honesty. Uh, which is not anything against him, it's just the reality of the situation. But he signed up for this, like this, like he signed up for this, this year. He really liked the experience with Martin St. Louis. Um, I think he signed for two years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and and he just likes this group, and stands up for them. And he knows that if he takes some misconduct, it doesn't really hurt the team. Yeah, he's a sixth defenseman. Like he he knows, like if anyone's going to stand up and 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 talk to the officials, he knows that it can be him, and it's not a big deal. Um, and and I think that's what he does. And and back to Evans, like it it just he's become like. In terms of attitude on the ice, for me, peak Brendan Gallagher. He doesn't have the skills, obviously, um, but in terms of like a guy who gets the bench amped up and is like, "Listen, I'm tired of losing. Follow me, and let's do this." That's peak Brendan Gallagher. Like that's how many games, you know, you, you've watched this team as long as I have, not longer, uh, as much as I have. How many times has his team had no goals midway through the third period, and the one goal that comes up is Brendan Gallagher, and he yeah, tries like to get the team back? Yeah, just you know, just a, a you know, garbage goal, or when he was healthy, really healthy, you know, coming down the wing, and just scoring a goal like that—that that maybe even the team didn't even deserve but it brought them back into the game. And I think that that's something that Gallagher always did when this team was losing. And I think that that's kind of rubbed off on Evans. And I think he's look, he was a captain at Notre Dame. He's a leader. And, and and we talk about leadership group and a lot of is put on David Savard and Nick Suzuki, obviously Joel Edmondson Gallagher, when he's healthy and you know, the veterans in, in age, but Evans is becoming that. And I think that people who don't kind of, who just kind of write him off, in the future of this rebuild um, are, are kind of forgetting that you need guys like Jake Evans in, 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 in on a team. Yeah. I don't and, see him
1: going anywhere.
0: No, I, I don't, I don't either. And, and people are like, Oh, you know, how, where can you fit him in the lineup? You fit guys like that in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, right. Look, look right now, Jonathan Drew has the fourth line center. There's room. <laughs> there's there's, there's yeah. room if you even if you add a couple of centers, there's room for Jake Evans. Well, if Jake um, he, Evans he is your fourth line wing.
1: center. You're in such a good position. Like they, they
0: have been when, when he's when he's been the fourth line center and there's legitimately three centers ahead of him. They they've been really good. Yep. <laughs> like it, it, we've seen it. it. It's 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 not a it's not a uh, um, there's proof of concept of that. Like he, he's it's kind of like when people talk about. You know guys like Arturi Lekkinen or Lars Eller, and it's like, oh, they don't—they're not top six centers. Okay, not everyone has to be a top six player, and Arturi yeah. Lekkinen so it doesn't make a difference. But, but in terms <laughs> of Lars Eller, like, it, but but that's the kind of feeling. Arturi Lekkinen was never going to be a top six player in Montreal. It, he just wasn't under that the, the coaching staff. Um, and and it's just unique guys like that. And, and Jake Evans is a guy that just steps up. Like he he played on the the top line wing at times before getting hurt in the playoffs. Like he he just, he just there he's versatile. He's, he's a guy who cares. And I think he's showing that, that leadership quality that maybe people don't always see it's coming through on the ice now and people are seeing it. And I think it's important for this team to see that. Like I I would almost like right now that army and and Evans are going like put stuff. back on that line. You know, see see how that goes for a bit. Like, I know Dad and I have been playing well on that line, but I think you need to find a home for Slavkovsky. And I know it's frustrating, like, looking at ice time, and I'm not really worried about the ice time. What I want to see is, like, there's going to be a combination for him somewhere. Like, like Monaghan worked, um, and obviously he's not in the lineup right now, but it's clear that the Vorak and Anderson are not working. So you're just going to have to figure out what you're going to do to put him in a, and I I would want to try it and just see, put, put, put him on that line and, and see two guys who are going really well. So played really well today, probably better than his two line mates um, and see how it goes. But then again, you know, Evans and Armia are two responsible players. So you can kind of even shelter. You don't even have to shelter that line. It, it can still work. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Jake Evans uh, and I like that. He's showing uh, a little frustration. Because somebody should, yeah.
1: if yeah, we're being 100%. honest. Like, this so- is the same as uh, like when people were kind of wringing their hands about uh, Brendan Gallagher and I forget who was the, the other guy that uh, kind of mucked it up at the end of a game recently. And like Gallagher kind of hit somebody in in a like dirty manner. And I was like, good. Like at least he's showing like he, he gives a shit, you know? And yeah I, I think Edmondson as well. Edmondson with like a big cross mm-hmm. check behind the play. It was the one that injured yeah. the ref, unfortunately, but right. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Or injured the linesman. But like that kind of stuff, I like what I said on my, sh- on the show after was like, there's no two guys on the team that are being held in higher regard after that game. than those two guys, because they went out there in a game where like nobody was playing hard. And they were like, like, this game that seems like it doesn't matter, it still fucking matters, right? And they were getting angry about it. And I feel think in a team where you're rebuilding, that does matter. But I want to pivot quickly yeah. to Slavkovsky because we were going to do questions, but uh, the questions that showed up, I think, are not, like, great jumping-off points for conversation. Uh, one of them is about a draft, and I'm not a draft expert, so I don't really, really want to venture too deep into the draft without bringing, like, a scout on the show or something like that. But, uh <laughs> Slavkovsky was asked about the World Juniors in Slovakia versus Canada and him not going there and staying in the NHL instead and having a really tough month. And uh, he had a really long and nuanced answer, and I just want to go over it quickly. Uh, He says, I heard my compatriot uh, Simon Nemec say that I might have scored in overtime if I've been with the team. Maybe, but we'll never know. I'm not the type to think what could have been uh, what could have happened if I had been there or if we had done things differently? Remember when the Canadians decided that I wouldn't participate in the World Juniors in early er, uh, early December, uh, there were several injured players in the team. Even though I've never been told about the possibility of going to the junior team for my country, I was trying to keep my place in the Canadians. I've always loved representing my country in international competitions, but I wanted to focus on my first season in the NHL. My goal is to improve an increase in rank in training i guess like get stronger get better uh for this reason in the end i never stopped thinking uh what would have happened if ever or i never stopped thinking about what would have happened i'm guessing he means he never thought about what would have happened yeah uh some are of the opinion that i would have won by being dominant against players my age others believe that it was better for me to continue uh, my journey by confronting men playing against men uh, to this answer i To this, I answer that I fully trust the team leaders to determine what's best for me. They are much smarter than me to make this kind of decision. Marty had a great career in the NHL. I'm so happy when I receive feedback from the coaches because I continually learn and progress. I will not hide from you that the last month has been difficult for the team and for me. It is precisely uh, part of a long learning process. There will be ups and downs. The last 10 games were not very good. I myself had problems, but it's the job that comes but it is the job that comes back. Uh, I am convinced that this team will grow up from this soon, and it will become better, just like me. It's only a month. One day, when everything gets better, we can laugh at this bad time, and we'll be (laughs) happy with the progress that we've come about since that time. At the time, it's not pleasant to live. We must not feel too sorry for our fate or give in to discouragement. We play games almost every two days, and that's where we have to stay focused. It's a good thing to be able to share all these experiences, both good and bad, with other young people my age, we spend a lot of time together. We also mix well with the veterans. We are clenched together. The practice is widespread in Slovakia as elsewhere in the world, but I am not the type to make resolutions at the beginning of each year. I just want to win hockey games no matter the time of year. So what you can wish is for the whole team in 2023 to to win as many games as possible and to be very successful as well. That's all. Now. The last lines there have been kind of memed on the social media by House fans, being like, "Yeah, well, we're not going to wish you win as many games as possible." (laughs) Here's the thing, though, folks: as many games as possible might be like (laughs) ten.
0: The rest of the schedule, and and let's face it, nobody in that room is thinking about Connor Bedard. No, like nobody in that room is thinking. Even Marty Saint Louis is not thinking about that. It, It just doesn't happen. Like you, you lose organically. Like no one in that room is like. Oh, we can't win this game. We'll how affect our lottery odds? No one cares about that. It's not, it does not even enter that room. Yeah. Boardroom and
1: locker room are two very different dynamics. Yes. Right. And, yeah. I, but I think the main thing that I took away from that Slavkovsky quote is how mature he is. The way he I, approaches all of this stuff, like he, like that's an 18 year old. I was so much dumber than that at 18.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like, look. But this was obviously massaged um, by either the writer or uh, perhaps media staff. Like, let, Let's be honest here for a little for bit. For sure. But, but however, that was the. like I was entering the draft. I was like, no, why are you drafting Slavkovsky? It makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. Shane Wright's the best player. Take Shane Wright. Then the pick happened. Then I spoke to Uri Slavkovsky that night. And I was like, oh. This is why they took him, mm-hmm. and you can just see a level, and, and you can say this about the whole 2022 draft class, um, because Owen Beck, uh, Philip Meshar, Lane Hudson, Vincent Srohr, uh, Cedric Kindle—they all have this exact same gene in them. It's it's kind of unbelievable. Um, they definitely had a type this year, but but in terms of maturity, understanding, and and everything that goes into that he's he's ahead of the game and and i think that when you look at what can't you say i don't want the best player at 18 i want the best player at 21 everything that Uri has said and done to this point has been about a growth mindset yeah um and, and i think that that is the key here like, i don't care about points i don't care about Assists this season, it I mean, it's meaningless to me. Um, I'm a little surprised they kept him up as long as they did. But when he says that feedback from Marty <laughs> means a lot to him, I understand it. I get it. Like, like, yeah, you know, is feedback gonna be better coming from Martin St. Louis or Jean-Francois Houle? Like, let's just be honest here. Um, I, I think it means a lot there. This team isn't really going anywhere anyway. Um, the contract thing is really, in my opinion, inconsequential. They'll deal with it when they have to deal with it. It's it's done, whatever. But what I see from him and him talking about the world juniors in that context, because it could be really easy for any 18-year-old to be like, Oh man, like I could have made a difference in that game. Like I could have I could have checked Connor Bedard. Like I i have I have legs that can go on for days. Like, imagine if they had a second player like Simon Nemec and, and Philip Mayshar, like a third player, I guess. Um, but he didn't. And and you know, Marco Casper is in Sweden, he's an Austrian. He said, I don't want to go to the World Juniors, I want to play for my team in Sweden uh and prepare for the men's world championships. And look, Juraj Slavkovsky has played in the Olympics, he's played in the men's worlds. He's not an under-20 player anymore. And yeah. I will I will I I will stand on this hill, and I know people disagree with me. He is not a junior player. He has nothing to prove against players his own age level anymore. He He's beyond that. And I'm not saying that he would have gone and dominated. I'm not saying that he would have gone and been big, bigger and better than everybody else, but he's growing beyond that. He's beyond that. And, and I think that that's where the Canadians are. I think that's where he is. And even the fact is that I, I think um, – it may have not been as, as evident in, in the translation that you had, but when you read it in French, he's like, the Canadian asked me, but even if they had, I wouldn't have gone. Um, I, I think that that, or, or when he said, when you said that he wanted to be in the NHL anyway, or focus on being on the NHL, that's his growth mindset. He knows yeah. that he want he doesn't want to be the best player at the world Juniors. That's not his goal. It's yeah. not his goal right now. He, you know, yes, it would be nice to look. He won an Olympic medal of Slovakia you know what would, would a bronze the world juniors really make a difference for him no, no. He, you know he he led his country to bronze in the olympics like yeah. that that's as big as it gets right so i i think that it shows like i was always on send him down let him work there like what do you do like why are you rushing him but they're not rushing him he's he's exactly on the same page as everybody else he's still showing fight he's still showing improvement like this is what you want from him um, and I think that the Canadians in three or four years will benefit from it greatly and surround him with all the talent that was at the world juniors. And, and, you know, along with Suzuki and Caulfield and Gouli and, and all those guys, and Connor, but, um, <laughs> and whoever they pick in two twice in the top 10 this year.
1: Well, I will predict um, that, uh, Slavkovsky will get a very serious bump in his offensive production. If his center next year is not Christian Dvorak, but connor Bo- connor Bedard,
0: even if it's owen beck <laughs> Yeah, i mean yeah probably <laughs> you know if if you like put slavkovsky with, like owen beck and joshua Goa next year and and let that line cook <laughs> you know I, look there's going to be there's going to be room for improvement in this team and it's going to be a slow build but next year there's a lot of guys coming pro and and it'll it'll be a lot this te- the rebuild will be a lot more clear of wh- what direction it's going in next year i think when you have guys like Joshua Waugh, Riley Kidney, um, probably Sean Farrell, uh, you know, joining your organization, Oliver Kapanen probably as well. Um, although he can go back to, to Europe. I'm not sure his contract situation. Uh Patrick, don't kill me. Um, but uh, you know, Emil Heinemann will probably be back. Um, there's, there's a lot of guys who can join the organization next year. And and it, it'll look like a rebuild, like even Laval right now doesn't look like a rebuild. It's like, oh, who are prospects in Laval? You know, it's like Xavier Seminow and Raphael Harvey Penard and Jesse Ullinen. It's like, okay, great, good job. Like that's that's, a, that's good talent there, but but it, they're an awkward phase. You know, the, most of the guys are in junior still. So, but look, I I that that whole article by Uri Salkowski and it's on uh, Ellenash dot com. If you haven't read it, is is so good. And it, it it really puts everything into perspective of what this team is doing right now. Yeah, 100%. and and and, and it's, there's been a that, bunch of th- sorry, go ahead. No, it it just shows the the focus on development, yeah. right? It's not they, they have a plan, right? Like we've seen the Canadians lots of times throw guys in the NHL and be like, good luck.
1: Yeah, sink or swim. And it's
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's very clear that's not happening with, with your ofkowski and even if he's devoted to the fourth line it doesn't mean he's demoted to the fourth line it just means he's getting less minute like it, he doesn't have to spend 20 minutes on the ice to learn yeah. um and, and I think that's important and as long as the team tells him that look we're not punishing you we're just playing other players right now like as long as they communicate which again problem in this organization in the past, um it's fine and if and i think it's clear that he trusts that they're doing the right thing because they're communicating it to him and i think that that's that's the the best news you can hear as a canadians fan i don't care about wins and losses i don't care about goals scored i don't care about goals against hearing that is fantastic because it means that this organization is putting action where their mouths were and it's not just Blah, blah, blah. It's it's coming into focus. And you knew that because you could see Adam Nicholas. You can see everything that's going on in his organization. So, no, but that's that article was great. And Slavkovsky has a ton of maturity. And it's clear why the Canadians fell in love with him beyond just, you know, his goals in the Olympics and whatever. Like, he has a personality that has a growth mindset. And, you know, not everybody has that. You know, like if you, if if you go, if you go to top players in any draft and I'm not singling out anybody here, don't, don't turn this up against Shane Wright or anything. If you go to top prospects and say, you know, why didn't you do this on this play? They're going to fight back. Like, like think about like even guys like, you know, Max, like think about like going to Max Domi like that. Like would he respond well to that, like, or a young Jonathan Drouin, probably not like they'd fight back and be like, Oh no, that was the right play. That was the right play. Guys don't usually do that, and and I think that having a growth mindset is what this the this organization wants to focus on.
1: Yeah, 100%. and and
0: not just Lane Hudson's height.
1: he <laughs> you know he brought his endocrinologist. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about the whole World Junior situation with Yuri Slavkovsky and that becoming like a big talking point over the last several weeks. So much of it has to do with like how well Slovakia did and. People mm-hmm. watching Shane Wright, you know, play decently well. I wouldn't say he tore it up for Team Canada. I think he did very well in uh, like the elimination rounds, but overall, mm-hmm. he wasn't on their top line. Right? Uh, he mm-hmm. was the second line center. Some would say even third line center at times. But uh, watching that at the same time as Slavkovsky struggling and the Canadians struggling in general created this narrative of like, oh, maybe they shouldn't have sent they should have sent Slav down. My opinion the entire time has been basically what you were alluding to when you were talking about it, which is what's he going to gain from it? Is it going to make him a better player to dominate junior players instead of playing and struggling in the NHL and learning things with Adam Nicholas every day, uh, being around the team? And I just I don't see where people think that he needs to go play against junior players. I'm totally with you on him being beyond that right now. He needs to get his game into a pro mindset, uh, doing pro habits, game in, game out. And I think the way he played tonight against Seattle compared to the way the rest of the team played, even in the first (laughs) period uh, after that, like big article about him not going to the world juniors i think that kind of like motivated him a little bit and whatever they fed him before the game uh feed him that from now on uh, (laughs) because kid was hyped but uh, i think that's all we have for tonight because i think we've already probably gone long and jared's a little bit under the weather i've got (laughs) kids that wake up in the morning so we'll close it out there jared thank you so much for coming on with me tonight uh to talk about this relatively uninteresting game and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Uh, before we leave Jared, tell everybody where you could find or where they can find your work.
0: Yeah. have eyes on the prize.com. Um, me and a lot of other people, <laughs> um, right, right there. Um, I don't write as often as I probably, uh, as I used to, um, you know, said kid that you say wakes up early it's yes yeah, it all makes a difference Changes um yeah <laughs> um but uh, no we have a great team there um I, I make bad jokes on twitter if you want to follow me at there, jared book uh, as well so yeah lots of uh fun stuff um women's hockey is um entering the picture again as well so uh i that's always a um in my heart so uh lots of lots of stuff there and and uh it's a lot of fun
1: All right, so it's not all
0: about the Canadians.
1: Not all about the Canadians. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Sounds good, and uh, we'll be back on Thursday when the Canadians play their next game. We'll see you then.
0: Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.